0: Welcome to the UK Consult. This podcast is our occasional ramble through all things to do with citizen engagement and public participation in the UK. It is the home of public participation goodness with a particular focus on good practice examples of online engagement and special guests and features from around the globe. Hello and welcome to the UK Consult our occasional ramble through all things to do with public consultation and community engagement in the UK with special guests. And today we have Becky Hurst, who's joined us. I'm delighted to have Becky on the podcast. We we share many interests and um, passions for community engagement and things like that, but that's what we're going to talk about. So I'm not going to go into that now. I'm going to let Becky, you introduce yourself because I'm already running out of breath on the radio. (laughs)
1: <laughs> hello thank you for having me um yeah um we do share a lot of interest don't we we were just saying before we hit record that we've kind of been connected for quite a few years over the socials on Twitter and LinkedIn and probably Facebook and Instagram and I've been trying out TikTok as well lately. Um, But yes, I am a community engagement specialist. Um, I work as a consultant. I'm based in Adelaide in South Australia but um, as you can no doubt tell from my accent, I'm originally from the UK, born and bred Gloucester girl um, and spent a lot of time in Gloucester and got very strong Yorkshire family connections, um, went to uni in Leeds, Um, and also lived in London for a couple of years. But now I've migrated to South Australia, lived here for about, I don't know what it is now, 15 years. I've got two little Australian daughters. Um, So yeah, um, and and I specialise in community engagement. Um, So that's my passion. And that's what's led me to write the book that I think we're going to be talking about today.
0: Yes, we are. For the love of community (laughs) engagement insights from Mm. a personal expedition to inspire better public participation now we had a quick chat offline because um i kind of in the spirit of the book we i thought we'd just chat and see what emerges um but i've I've written all over your book um and i've (laughs) made it really scruffy and i just thought if i just throw some just things that like uh, notes i made and and we can use that as just hooks for a a conversation and and then obviously anything that you want to bring up for, for people
1: Yeah, I think that I'd like you say in the spirit of the book people have really commented about the style of the book that it's really easy to read and it's it's a lot of me just telling stories so it's very, it is very conversational. And I, I didn't do that on purpose. I've just discovered that not only am I a conversationalist in my work of obviously community engagement, but when I write, <laughs> I'm the same. So yeah. it's exactly for that kind of thing. And I, I've obviously got in there as well, um, 100 conversation starters. I have, I think is it five conversation starters at the end of each chapter. So I'm glad you've chosen this approach because it's exactly what I want people to do with it is have chats about it so yeah go for it tell me what you liked what and you think great because anything
0: i've now got a hundred topics i can put on linkedin <laughs> every day you no know, tell
1: me about it i haven't even started using them yet for content but i'm like i've always got those hundred conversation starters up my sleeve
0: <laughs> bang, bang the table i've got 101 ideas about community engagement. That's not the title, but I did start doing that. I started putting one on like yeah every other day. And I think I got to like 13 or 14. And then I realized I hadn't done it for a while.
1: That's hilarious. Brilliant.
0: Um, right. Anyway, so first let's get this out of the way. I'm completely jealous because um I oh. I have always wanted to write a book about uh, ah. public consultation and all of those things. Um, but um mm. I've not done it. Um, so the Maybe I will. Who knows? That's
1: it. <laughs> um. Got that off your chest. Well, I'd always wanted to as well, actually, and and then it just happened. Uh, and I've, I've yeah. There's, do you want to do wanna a little bit of the story behind? I mean, I think it was. Yeah. We go. Were obviously all in lo- all in lockdown, and Australia is like you know, we've shut the border. <laughs> so we've had no international visitors. We usually have our parents come out, Dan's parents, my parents come out for the summer. And, and this summer I'd also given up drinking alcohol and I still have, I've, I've quit drinking wine and I live in a wine region, so it's quite significant. Um, so I suddenly found myself sober in the summer Uh, without any visitors and I thought you know what I'm going to start writing this book and so that I did and and now I look back I don't know quite how I did it but I got it all down on paper and and here we are so yeah it will happen I think if you want to do it it just a moment will hit and then all of a sudden you find yourself on podcasts talking about your book.
0: (laughs) Right first thing this is just um, chapter one you mentioned um, Margaret Thatcher stopping milk in free schools I remember that too. And when I used to do training, (laughs) I used to talk about Thatcher, Thatcher, the milk snatcher. So, um, yes, I'm so
1: pleased. This is is where it's such a joy to be recording a UK podcast because you remember some of this stuff. Now, I thought she'd done that when she was prime minister, but when I was researching it to include in the book, she actually did it, I think, in the 70s when she was the education minister, I think. But yeah, it obviously stuck, didn't it? That that whole Thatcher, Thatcher, milk snatcher. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And I think what we do, we know there's a society, we know that people care about what goes on in their local community. And, and that was, you know, that was what made me think about it, because there was the whole thing around no such thing as society. And I guess we lived yes. through that. You know, I'm, I'm older exactly. than older but we certainly share that common history. And I think, you know, that's maybe how we all ended up in in this sort of so do
1: you work. my my response then to that because i then go on in the book to talk about tony blair do you remember those were you in the uk for those tony blair years yes. in the late 90s so you would remember that whole new labor movement yeah. yeah and i don't know if that bit resonated with you but for me yeah. now i look back it's significant that he became prime minister and and whether whether you like him or not and obviously he made mistakes and there's all sorts that went on with, when he was prime minister but um just that era that we'd been through of the Thatcher Thatcher Milk Thatcher um into the sort of like the, the new labor years and then that real kind of investment into public services and community and community involvement and the national yeah. lottery had started and there was all these lottery funded positions around and it really was like it was back in the day you know it was the late 90s and there's so many of us that that started our interests and community back then in the uk i've been trying to get in touch with tony blair actually um, because i want to tell him this um and i figure he can't but he's not doing much is he these days i don't know what does he do. <laughs> i want to send him a copy of the book so maybe if anybody listening knows how i can do that because he's quite hard to track down anyway i've, I've digressed I think, again. I think you
0: can i think he's got this the tony blair foundation
1: yeah, I've messaged them on Instagram right. and I've had no reply so I need I need right. somebody to help me. Yeah. Anyway, keep going, keep going. So yes, uh, you re- you resonate with the Margaret Thatcher stuff. Yeah. And
0: and and then and, and yeah, and right, there was a massive investment in um in in yeah. In the in the theory and practice of public consultation in the uk as well um yes yeah so, yep. know, the, the, it was the time when they they came up with the principles of or or a guide i can't remember what it's called now but the cabinet office published a guide and it had detailed things in there like and you know you should allow at least 12 weeks for the consultation to allow people to to get involved you yeah. should you should close the loop they had these principles which they wanted government yep. to sign up to and that was a real great time and i mean we'll come on to this later but a lot of that is kind of Unfortunately, been undone anyway. Another topic, (laughs) Um, Right, This is going to really jump around, so but I think
1: okay, yeah, love it. Go Um, for it. My mind jumps
0: around social triangle, um, around oh, yeah, uh, that really stuck with me because it's around you. You mentioned that, um, you know, as people, um, less engagement in religion or politics, people are more into being part of their local communities. I know, and I was Mm. like, yeah. Of course, that, you know, that's all part of this. There's this big sort of the demand for participation, the demand to be involved. Uh, yeah,
1: exactly. And and so um, a colleague here in Australia, she's based in Sydney, Kylie Cochrane, came up with that. Um, it, and it, yeah, the, the triangle saying, yeah, the, the, there's basically sort of three corners There's uh, of society. There's the, the religion, politics, and then community. And that, you know, the demise in trust in a lot of the politics these days, Um, around the world, doesn't matter where you are. And the same, there's been a demise in trust or at least religion isn't the kind of centerpiece of a community anymore or of society so so now we kind of haven't got that strong um religious or political leadership in communities necessarily um it leaves that massive emphasis on community and by community i'm kind of meaning you know and i'm very much in sort of the australian community here like community groups environment groups local schools local businesses um, you know your, your real sort of makeup of people in those communities and so it's a bit different now Yeah. So I'm pleased you like that. Um, and and it, it to me, it all connects with that demise of trust. And we're, we're trying to operate in now such a, a society that has that demise of trust. Um, a lot of my clients, are, well, most of my clients are government. Um, and so, you know, you're always starting at that basic level of no trust in the decision yeah. that's being made, um, which means, and, you know, that that whole sort of chapter about, understanding community engagement in the context of society kind of explains why why we're at where we're at and why it's such a hard job to be doing i think we all love it but we're, we love it but it's exhausting <laughs> and, I mean, it's, yeah. and it's soul destroying at times you yeah. called it
0: for the love of community engagement i, I was like well, <laughs> did you mean did you, list, did you leave out the love and hate
1: i should shouldn't i perhaps my next book will be the hate of community engagement <laughs> Although although there's a fair bit of truth telling in there I think Wendy mm-hmm. talks about it in her forward or it is somewhere in you know whilst this book is full of love and full of passion it's equally like the cold hard truth about a lot of the realities of community engagement yeah, definitely,
0: definitely. yeah. Mm. Uh, my next thing is something I think we're going to come on to, but it, you, you mm-hmm. highlighted it straight away at the beginning, and this is around leadership. Um, leaders that yes. listen, emphasize and make considered decisions. Um <laughs> that stood out for me because um I started to really sort of just myself, just for lots of reasons, really tune into that. And yes. there's a lot that isn't just in community engagement now. There's a lot, a lot of the leadership literature is talking about those words, listen, empathize and make decisions so just maybe think that you know maybe 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 we will get uh, um, maybe community engagement managers will get a seat at the top table Um, if we have those kinds of leaders because they'll they'll value more Um, and are
1: you thinking leadership within just organizations or like political leadership or or just leadership in general
0: uh, leadership in within organizations and then you know yeah maybe, okay maybe political one day I mean that's but yeah certainly something, you know.
1: something a few of us in my network here um no doubt Andrew Corson's listening in and we, we often talk about you know should we all just be running for parliament should we all be yeah. becoming um politicians um and taking what we believe in right to the top you know and then and then you think well would there suddenly be all these roadblocks and you know do you then have to sort of toe the party line if you're part of a party or do you do it independent? You know, and we get into all these kind of like, oh, should we just do it? And yeah, but I, I hope, I hope that we will. There's such potential to see more of the style of community engagement, the listening, the empathy, compassion, all of those things, the understanding in, in leadership positions, yeah, in organisations and politically, I'd hope. A dream, a dream of the day.
0: <laughs> it will really, happen. Well, we might come back to that. Well, we will come. I've got so many things.
1: Yeah, okay. <laughs>
0: uh, some of them in some of them in more detail, and but I think this is just going to be good for people because they'll just get a real sort of like g- a good feel for so these are real big issues, aren't they? And I think you know maybe yeah. this just helps a conversation if people can listen to this and go back to work and just think, hold on a minute, we, and I, and
1: I think yeah, you you've said a good point there about these are big issues, and I think I felt when I wanted to write the book that there wasn't anything, or as as practitioners in community engagement, we all tend to kind of obsess on the tools and techniques. And we're all kind of very much focused on doing the job. And I really wanted us to all sort of pause and make take a strategic look at everything. So yeah, it's exactly what I want people to be doing is is thinking about some of these big topics.
0: And then I got to I got to page 14 and I just wrote in capitals. This is an emergency. I wrote the the big (laughs) emergency. One of the things I talk to people about is um is. The, the fact that a lot of people lots of people don't get involved in national issues so much because because they, mm. they just don't and and so mm. it's quite often the first time that they that they feel the democratic process when they actually touch it and feel what it's like is quite often on something local like parking
1: yeah
0: planning yeah. planning and things like that. Yep. And, then, and there are experiences that it might be a, a done deal and there's no scope for influence yep. and so what's the point and and that's why i think it's an emergency because it just puts people off being mm, a, being absolutely democracy. um
1: the whole so, thing yeah. i i worry that as a sector and again we' and i talk about this a lot in the book we're all doing amazing stuff and we're all working so hard but I, i'm just so worried that we're all going down the wrong path and that we need to have this moment to stop and say what direction do we want to be going in because i'm not getting the sense that the general public, is kind of coming around to it. There's I nothing. feel like all of our, all of our, certainly here in Australia, and I think from what I see the work you do, you know, the, the tools and techniques are amazing. And we really have progressed so far as a sector. We've got so much knowledge and intel and experts working in the space, but I'm just not seeing that shift in the sort of general population that people are saying, oh, let's get involved. My council's gonna listen to me. Uh, you know, like you say, we're still seeing, people just don't get involved or feel like decisions have already been made and so I'm sort of just saying well are we doing the right thing do we need to do it differently somehow um and I don't have all the answers
0: (laughs) and and you've made me think about something that I haven't written about yet I'd like or talk about I'd like to because because we work um in in a software company that, that focuses on um community engagement, public consultation. One of the things that, that as a business that, that software service companies talk about is churn, and that's effectively when people unsubscribe. So they talk uh, yeah. about, they talk about a subscription economy, um and, and 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 i was reading all about this customer success subscription economy etc cetera, etc cetera. And, and then i looked at what you've been writing and other things and i thought hold on a minute people are living subscription lives netflix um other amazon there's lots of other 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 streaming services are available and and i thought hold on a minute and, and you mentioned it in terms of when you're talking about the, the communities become the underdog they they, um, they move further away with, from having genuine con- connections and relationship with communities, and I thought, and, and it made me think, hold on a minute, maybe we, maybe not, people are unsubscribing from from mm. being involved, um, and, yeah, and, and, and it made me think of not not of actual um, not customer churn, but citizen churn, and that and, and that's oh,
1: really good. You should coin that phrase.
0: Citizen I am that's, churn. It. that's it. That's on the record now. Citizen churn. Maybe that's a topic we can expand on.
1: And they're they're they're, they're unsubscribing, whether that is actually unsubscribing or unsubscribing through sort of apathy. Definitely, yeah. And that makes me a a bit sad because we've been working so hard. But equally, then I often say, all fair and well us as practitioners doing all this amazing engagement but if the actual decision makers aren't listening and still don't quite get it then sometimes i feel like we're just wasting our time (laughs) so um and that's the bit that i call soul destroying you know when we've put so much effort in we believe in it so much and you know i do so much work with local councils and and you, you i say build a relationship with community and maybe the elected members come and they get involved but then something goes into that council chamber and then a decision gets made and you're like, what? That's not what we heard. So it's really hard. Yeah. um, Love it.
0: And further through and further on this conversation, we'll talk a little bit about what, um, what we can do about it. So we're going to yeah. get, going to get anyone. Oh there. no, don't ask anyone? me for answers. <laughs> it happens at the end, um, and with Andrew right, anyway, um, but if anyone's listening, um, we do with some ideas as well. Um, uh, it all comes, it's influence, isn't it? But let's save that, influence, influence, influence. Um,
1: yeah. So okay. um,
0: the other thing, this is a bit like Thatcher, factor the milk snatcher. Um, uh, yep. And maybe uh, this might be part of it though as well, in terms of how we feel about this subject. Um, By 2001, we had computers on our desks and had joined the 21st century. Um, That happened to me um, as well. Um, I I had a a desk with no computer. So this was um, before then. And then we had a computer room. And and you had to go into the computer room to to go on the internet. And I think people that have lived that experience have have actually been through this whole, you know, we've lived the the rapid change of technology, mobile phones. We've been on that whole journey um and we and we're still um and we're still young enough to feel that we can influence uh, ha- where that ends up and and, and I yeah. think and I think that's a whole part of this is um you know the the relationship between technology and community engagement um, so
1: well that, we um, we are we're a generation aren't we right in the middle i mean my parents will be listening to this because they'll be like oh a uk podcast we will have to listen hello mum hello dad they'll be listening and they'll be saying well we worked for years without any technology and of course we we as our generation we we've, we've got that memory of working with no computer on your desk and then the computer room like you say and then we got computers and then we had the internet and and then life kind of rapidly moved on from that didn't it where we now rely incredibly you know so much on technology and and then I'll just skip to another bit in the book in relation to the technology as i see my 9 year old almost 10 year old daughter and the way she uses technology and I, I called it, I looked it up and found a, a really interesting a piece of writing about it, which I quoted in the book. It's, it's uh, like a hypercognitive use of technology. Their brain And my five-year-old even, the way they pick up a phone or an iPad and they tap around it, they are so much more sophisticated. Their brains are developing different to how ours did, you know, those of us that got the computer on the desk in 2001. Um, and I just think, as a sector, we're gonna we we need to up our game because in eight years' time, my eldest daughter will be of voting age, and I hope she'll have a bit of an interest in what goes on. But you know, the, the way that currently most government engages online is so far removed from how my 10-year-old is engaging so we've got um those of us that have an interest in online engagement I think we've got a lot of work to be doing which is good because we need to keep ourselves busy but um we've got a lot of work to be doing to to really rapidly progress how we're engaging online
0: definitely to go down the online yeah yeah, definitely I mean that I think that's uh, one of our first call to actions from from the podcast today but also um, yeah I, what uh, I talk about on your couch engagement, um, because people can participate, you know, wh- wh- wherever and yeah. what they're up to. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and um, I, I did a presentation recently, and I called it Netflix and Contribute. Which I, thought, <laughs> <That's good. laughs> I love
1: that. I love it. Yeah. Brilliant. Um, so you definitely need to write a book. You can have a glossary of terms like I've got at the back. I've got all my uh, Beckyisms.
0: uh, (laughs) it's uh, it's so hard to write a book i know how hard that is so um
1: yeah
0: (laughs) uh, so yeah well obviously chapter 19 is on the online dimension so i've spent a little bit more time on that um but um uh Um, other thing i just thought i'd like you to know good news is that the delicious little rainbow popcorn snacks are still available in the vendor (gasps) at leisure centres
1: are they really yeah. that is such good news oh brilliant I didn't even know that bit kept in the book isn't that good <laughs> that that's still in there <laughs> that's so good that would have been about 1988 I reckon I was in the oh, if not before in the 80s The little rainbow sack and are they still in like a little mini sort of like long thin packet
0: <laughs> um I think it's a bit more rectangle but it's still see-through
1: yeah a bit rectangle okay Maybe take a picture for me next time you're in a yeah. leisure center and you see it. I love I it. I love yeah. it.
0: Well, <laughs> cool. now serious subject here because this, because okay. I, really, I think this also uh, thought about this this morning, this also has implications for how we do, if, you know, as, 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 as there's more online engagement. So this, the, the community immersion process. Um, yeah. um I, I tell you a little story first. I used to work in, mm. um, in social research, um, and uh, mm-hmm. we, we did a lot of work with New Deal for Communities and uh, what SRB, Single Regeneration Budget. Um, okay, yep. so it, was, it was like regeneration grants um, in the most deprived communities. Um, and we would do the baseline survey. So we do the sort of like, you know, uh, what's your experience of community safety? What do you think most needs improving in your neighbourhood? We do all of that stuff. And my yeah. boss at the time, Simon Meiji, you may listen to this, used to <laughs> say, you've got to go and do a site visit before, uh, we, before we do the survey and I just think oh right. my god what a pain but by doing that you actually um you you had a lot more and this was research it was kind of getting into consultation and engagement but you actually got yeah. it made you write a better report it made you think yeah. better about the questions that you asked and it made you value the responses even even though it was written At the time yeah Uh, it made you talk to the researchers who would go and knock on doors and say this is the issues in the neighborhood this is why it's important please do a good job be 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 courteous and kind to the people tell them why you're there it really changed lots of things so i thought that was and then i thought um in an online world probably Mm. still happened so if people are, are running their consultations a bit more online Still, go and visit the places if you can.
1: So, yeah, I mean, the community immersion process. Yeah, I like I learned that from day one, really, in my my first job in Gloucester as a community involvement officer in Matson. For anybody that's listening in Gloucester, um, you know, I, all I all I did, my main thing was you just kind of set out on foot. And actually, again, we're showing our kind of age of being relatively middle aged, um, nearly middle aged, shall we say? Um, we it was before social media. So you couldn't just kind of oh, let's see if there's a Facebook group for that neighborhood and kind of settle for that. You actually just had to get out there and have a walk around and look at the notice boards. And so certainly like the first half of my career, um, my time in Gloucester, when I first came to Australia and worked for a council in Western Sydney. And then when I came back and I worked in London for a couple of years. It was all about just, yeah, getting out on foot and getting to know a community, looking at community notice boards and observing what people do, where people go. And I found since I became a consultant, which I've been for about 12 years, that's where you're suddenly always on a kind of time constraint or you're on budget constraint. And, you know, I find more often than not, clients are just like, well, just 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 run the workshop, just just come in and and do the survey, do whatever. And I'm like, I want to actually get to know this community so that I know what makes it tick. So, yeah, it's a really important concept that that I think we need to. And in fact, when I launched the book, we had a bit of a conversation about this, about, you know, time is money. And, and you can't always just spend like six months wandering around a community, drinking coffee and having a nice time, getting to know it. Um, but yeah, we're, we're we're slowly losing that element, I think. We're just sort of calling community something like it's, just out there and we're not actually immersing ourselves in it so yeah I want to see more community immersion definitely
0: yeah lots of things to think about around that um Mm. this is kind of linked to it I guess you talk about storytelling a lot um yeah the power of stories and uh, something that I really believe in as well um yeah and uh you know that it's um we we we, you know, I worry that we're in danger of losing that if we if we're not careful when it, especially. With well, the-
1: what what's that hashtag? You do you, is it not another boring survey?
0: Yeah, not another survey. Yeah, that's I what I think that because
1: yeah, that that aligns exactly with what I've been saying about storytelling in the book that, and I talk about exactly that with the opportunities that we can present through um, like dialogue deliberation actual conversation with people which i know um bang the table obviously strongly supports with online discussion forums um actually encouraging real conversation so valuable as opposed to just another survey surveys are the most oh they just they just sort of flatten me my energy oh yeah i'm not a fan at all of surveys and just to explain for people listening that haven't read the book i just don't the the survey is very much um, if, if i'm working with a council as a client and they do a survey the people that fill in the survey it's very much just comes back to the council and the people in the community don't get to see what each other are saying or thinking and that's why i really like conversation um whether it's online or face to face because people can actually get to know what each other's opinions are and actually weigh stuff up and com- have have conversation so yeah not a fan of surveys at all i'm in full support of your hashtag oh
0: thank survey. you. And when, people, and when people say say why, I like this bit, where well, you write, I always provide people with at least a glimmer of opportunity to tell their story. It's in our nature to tell stories, rich insights and ideas dwell in stories, that that rich insights and ideas dwell mm. in stories. Um, Do you know,
1: that just gave me goosebumps, which <laughs> another, another Beckyism in the book, the goosebumps yeah. measure of significance. Yeah, which means you're onto something. When you get goosebumps, <laughs> yeah, it's like, oh, that's really good. I like that. Yeah, yeah. and I think that kind of connects back to the love thing again and the passion. That you know, we're physical human beings here, and this is an emotional, emotive um, career that we've got. Like, we're not just we're not just market researchers that do surveys. We're people that really invest in communities and believe in it. I'm giving myself goosebumps again. But you know, it, it's exactly that, that that we're passionate about what we do and we want stories and we want sharing and we want that richness, definitely. We want
0: we do, and we need <laughs> we need we need leaders to stand up and say, Where are my stories?
1: Exactly. Yes, I see, oh, I see
0: the survey, I get the survey results. Yep. They're splendid. That's great. Where are my yep. stories?
1: How are people really feeling? What was the tone in their voice? Like, yeah, just yeah all of
0: that Mm. and that segues just completely by chance to the the chapter 11 on leadership Um, Mm. and we've just started talking about it but I wanted to share with you because I noticed that this cuts across into other things, have you read Rebel Ideas by Matthew Syed?
1: No, I haven't
0: so that's like a management book Really good. Okay, one. and he, talk, write it down. he talks about the, a different kind of leadership, which is a lot more along the lines that we've described. Where you earn leadership, mm. you earn it by yep. listening, um, and you listen to diverse views and opinions. Yeah. And it struck, and it struck me that that's what we get from community engagement if we do it well. That we get yep. diverse views and opinions, and it takes a really strong leader to. To actually, yeah,
1: do. and yeah. and a lot of that chapter is about how we're hidden, <laughs> like we're, um, you know, I use a very sort of tangible example in there of uh, the job I got when I first moved to Adelaide in the council. You know, and I was the community engagement officer, but I, uh, you know, I reported to the marketing manager, who reported to the community services manager, who reported to the, I don't know what it was, general manager of something corporate something, and then they reported to the CEO. And then the CEO obviously reported to the mayor and the community engagement position was just so tucked away. Um, And I feel like that almost just in all of our work, we're just kind of tucked away as a sector. All these people passionate about community engagement when actually community engagement, like you're saying, is about leadership. really, really good leadership. All the qualities that we all have fit it perfectly. So, we need to not be shy of that more. And we need to be sort of just elevating ourselves and just, yeah, making the world listen to us. <laughs> I honestly say this book has got, it contains the solution for world peace. I really think it does. We need, we need to all stop hiding under our little bushels and actually just, you know. Give it the leadership kudos it deserves, which is the title Definitely. of the chapter.
0: And then, <laughs> and then, and then you say this, and 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 this stuff for me as well, because I do this now as well. And you say yep. nowadays I laugh in the face of elected members who challenge the concepts of community engagement. And I thought, yes, I used to. <laughs> when I was challenged, I used to be like, oh dear, don't you know why? Yeah. I'm don't you know why I'm here? Do I have to? Do I have to yeah. defend my position? Whereas now I'm like, actually, this long. This, this is um when when i used to work at participate um day in day out and yep. we went to a a, a a kickoff meeting for a new project and the and and the, and the project director was in there and we'd already been commissioned to do the uh the engagement work and the director said hold on a minute before we even go any further why are we doing this and it, and instead of instead of thinking oh my god the leaders <laughs> questioning questioning the value, I I actually said, well, if you don't know, that's really worrying. And why why are we here if you don't know? And they yeah, and, and, exactly. and, and and the person actually just rode back completely then and said, no, no 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 no, I didn't mean that. I didn't mean that. Obviously, I know why we're here in the value because it was just like it was just not needed. Yeah, and, uh, and and
1: I think I used used the example in the book. You know, I I went from. whatever it was 12 15 years ago you know a mayor made me cry I sat there crying just listening to them all talking about this person me this this community engagement person that was suggesting all these ludicrous things like listening to the community and you know I cried and I drove home crying I was so devastated and like you say nowadays I laugh in the face of it and in Uh fact just last week we went into a seven-day snap lockdown in Adelaide we won't go into all of that but I um, had a meeting with some elected members a new client um, and I always find when it's uh, well it's actually an old client from years ago but it's technically new because it's all new elected members and we had to have our meeting on zoom and so I had to present on this really cool community engagement concept that I'm working on with them and I had to get their sort of buy-in and their agreement to it and I could just tell they were so scared of it as a concept because it's going to involve people and listening and stuff and the mayor ended ended the meeting on Zoom with well we'll give it a go um, maybe it'll be worth it maybe it won't and I've, I've honestly written that quote down. It's stuck up on my office wall now as my motivation for the coming months. Because I'm like, it is going to be worth it, mate. Don't you worry. Uh, yeah. But you know, I just, and, and now I rise to the challenge. And I, and I know, you know, I, I have like these little projects in my mind where I flip them and they go from hating community engagement or being nervous about it to walking into a room full of people or taking part in something online, whatever, where they say, wow, Becky, that is amazing. We should do more of this. So that's now my goal with that client because they're you know, they just so hesitant and scared. Yeah.
0: Yeah, and just at the end of that ch- chapter, I just went, yes, exclamation because you said, <laughs> you said we must get better at evaluating our work so that we have reams and reams of evidence that we can draw on for those who need convincing. I was like, why yes. not just have that at our fingertips? Why is it every time someone says, what's the ROI, of doing this yes. why haven't, why don't I just reach you know it, like look open my phone or whatever and just go there you go we've done this research yeah. you know because I and also I know I know lots of it has been done but why isn't it just there at my at my finger?
1: no I don't know that it has I'm not sure I think as a uh, sector we have we have been so obsessed with our tools and techniques and our principles which is all good we needed to do it all but yeah perhaps you know moving forward another call to action is yeah let's start gathering just evidence of this working. I mean, I've got a small evidence folder on the go now. Um, it's not my motivation for engaging, but I find that the whole risk thing works a lot with clients like you want to risk not engaging. It's riskier to not engage than it is to engage. And so I collect newspaper headlines um, of where projects you know, have been derailed or canceled or have, have ended up on the front page of the newspaper because of consultation or engagement that hasn't occurred or that has been really, really poor so I now have that little stash of headlines. Yeah. Um, but I think we can do more than that. We can, we can. We need to start evaluating more and yeah, having some hard evidence, definitely. But
0: one of the things that's happened in, in the UK, probably more like more so over the last, I don't know, 10 or five years, is that um if 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 um if public bodies do consultation badly, um they get taken to court by a judicial review. So that's have- right. Yeah.
1: Yes, I heard about this. Yeah.
0: So, so that so we have the gunning principles, which is the legal principles behind that, um and uh, and and that's 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 kind of it, it's good news because it makes people there's a, it helps people determine like what's the what's the ROI. Oh, we stay out of court. How much does court? Yes. How much does court cost? Court costs two hundred thousand pounds or half a million, whatever. It is. <laughs> but at the same time, it makes everything like really process driven. So it's all about going by. I the, was going to
1: say yeah, yeah. And like you know, we we know that people will then engage or consult well because they want to save their two hundred thousand and they don't want to be taken to court and end up on the front of newspapers. But of course, we're doing it because we know that they're just going to make such better decisions, and you're going to have everybody on board. And you know, we we engage for such different reasons. So it, I've always kind of um, it's like push pull. I don't know whether to sort of use all that stuff more um, or to just keep singing from the original hymn sheet of you're gonna just make better decisions. If you involve people, they're gonna feel involved in your decision. They're gonna have ownership of it. Um, You're gonna end up with people having a good understanding of why you've made decisions. All of those sort of good, nice reasons. (laughs) Um, As opposed to, yeah, you're gonna stay out of court. So like, like, I'm with you on it. It's good that it can happen because it's suddenly making organizations take it seriously, I guess. But like you say, it ends up having to be really processy and kind of ticking boxes. And the ticking box stuff is the stuff that we all get infuriated by because we're not we're not in it for that reason. So, yeah, interesting. I heard about that in the UK and some um, we've had some examples here, particularly in South Australia of local residents who have taken councils to court over their consultation processes and have won. So there's been a bit of sort of nervousness in the air here as well. Um, but yeah, we'd rather them engage and consult because they want to and they know the benefits, wouldn't we? Than than definitely because they're scared. <laughs>
0: yeah. When I used yeah. to do training for the consultation industry, I used to talk about the three R's of public consultation, which was um, risk, reward, reputation. And I used to try and mm. say think about the reward. Reward is better, better decisions. um
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly that. Yeah, that's good. Right, there's your three R's as well. Get that yeah. in your book look we've pretty this is much like it's like a warm-up
0: it's a warm-up for my book isn't it that's just there's another reason that uh, you're gonna
1: I, you're I, gonna call it for the hate of community engagement <laughs> and we, we've got all these donoisms <laughs> the back yeah this is great
0: oh dear me um you're the guest i need to be more polite um <laughs> no, it's, fine. It. it's not about <laughs> me <laughs> <Huh>? <laughs> so jumping to another topic uh position engagement to be seen and heard and what yeah. you made me think about here was um it's this it's almost it's like it's the same on the internet we need um they talk about internet real estate and uh if you go to most council websites certainly in the uk there's there's no there's no real estate on their front page where it says yeah come come and have your say get involved in any in any great yeah. way. Um, yeah the shop window for the council it's like it's it's not there um yeah and, and that that's that's what made it made me think about that you know we've got to you know most government bodies have only got so much real estate on the internet and they need mm. to position community engagement more like just like you just as you were talking about in this chapter.
1: Absolutely yeah and you, you raised a really good point there about the online real estate. And even, yeah, like you say, shop windows, of councils, officers, you know, they could have all sorts up in there. And I, you know, I really want to see the messaging being about, like, we're here for you. This is your community. This is your city. This is your, these are your decisions that are getting made. You know, get involved, join the conversation. Um, it, it should be a council, uh, I'm talking about the council level, but any government, it should be their key message, in my opinion. It's what they're there for. So, yeah. Yeah. Position engagement to be seen and heard, and you know I used some really um, very practical examples in there. I think around, you know, meetings that were happening in you know basements, and then just simply moving it to be visible to the executive of that organisation, and then you know, chief execs coming to the meetings, and you know, it's really such a basic thing and in fact I almost didn't include that story because I thought it was so basic and then um Wendy Sakissian who wrote the forward and she edited the book as well and she was just like this is gold this is uh, brilliant it this it stuff is. yeah and so it's like the more simple the stuff is the better it is almost um yeah get your meetings where they're going to be seen give them like you know if you that was a consumer group for a health organization you know give them that that you know a nice meeting room to meet in because that's going to make them feel amazing and they're going to get seen and heard in that meeting room literally um yeah it was was a good story
0: and now you've made me think maybe we've been unfair on leaders because maybe they just are being sheltered
1: yeah maybe they don't know they're not having all yeah yeah
0: Mm. maybe (laughs) completely just going to jump to something really specific now um it goes back it goes back to listening and i'm I'm, i don't know if i'm going to pronounce it right but um
1: yes i think you have pronounced it right i'm actually in the process of getting the book narrated into an audiobook and i've just done exactly that look up how to and i think it is dadiri yes deep listening yeah amazing concept (laughs) of basically deep listening i mean dadiri goes into um fairly deep listening to the environment around you and you know uh, very very being very very conscious of everything um to do with the earth and the people around you um and I've used the example in the book of it there um and and the the lesson I've told in fact you know when you ask you know is there anything particular I want to talk about I guess for for people in the UK listening chapter 13 for me is the is my favorite chapter because it's the most significant for me. It's about moving to Australia and and learning what the Europeans did when they arrived, when they discovered Australia. Um, It's just horrid. The history is horrid. And we've got so much reconciliation that we need to do here in Australia. Um, And Chapter 13 kind of goes into it a bit. but, But my major lesson that I learned from working with an Aboriginal health team um, it was the story of ingrid um who who also got goosebumps i think reading the chapter when i sent it to her to check it was all okay um me going in with my kind of very westernized um solution focused managerial style and i'm'm I'm, i've always been a good listener i'm, I'm pretty you know I've, I've, it's not like i've suddenly learned these skills so I, I was a fairly okay manager of this team but i she one day just kind of held her hands up to me and was like, Becky, just slow down. I want you to sit. I want you to listen. And she basically taught me the concept that sometimes we don't need to always find the solution. Um, Sometimes it's just the conversation is enough. So I say even with this podcast, you know, we are saying, all right, we'll make sure we have some takeaways at the end. But actually, maybe the joy is just in the conversation, and that we get enough from that. And we can actually just leave it at that. It's just that good old yarn around the campfire effectively. And so, and Ingrid told me to basically put my notepad down. And um, it's just such our style that we're always looking for these solutions. And that's again, where we've forgotten the art of just having a chat, just having a conversation. And so often now when I facilitate meetings in communities, you know, I, I love the style of World Cafe facilitation where you've got small groups of people talking and you mix them all up and you give them this one big overarching question. And they always say to me, like, don't you want us to take notes? And I say, no, I want you to just sit and talk to each other because that's that's what we're missing at the moment is that real connection and just listening, the deep listening to each other. So, yeah, fairly, fairly. Um, big chapter that one or well, there's a couple of chapters that cover it but the the chapter 13 around the um the sort of deep listening is yeah definitely my favorite the one I get most passionate about
0: and one and the and one of the challenges for me that came out of that was um deep listening online ah, do, yeah and yeah. um, so yeah how how do we how do how do how do we do that um
1: Well, and that's really because, again, we are jumping about here, aren't we? When we go into chapter, was it 19, the one that focuses on digital online engagement, you know, and I talk a bit about the difference between dedicated engagement hubs like the ones that you guys run uh, versus social media and the social media white noise that we get so, you know, when, um, I'm the same, if I'm on Facebook and I'm, and I'm writing a comment, it's always a front of mind comment, you know, when I'm, when I'm saying it, effectively, I'm typing it. If I'm in some kind of dedicated space, I'm going to think about it much more. And I think probably the same goes with the listening, you know, if I'm on Facebook, I probably will just scan through people's comments and I'll have that very quick reaction. And I'll just probably write my reaction without actually reading other people's properly, in other words, deep listening. Um, whereas maybe in the more sort of dedicated online spaces, I'm actually kind of committed to that process, and I'm going to really think about what I write. But more importantly, I'm going to really take the time to read what other people are saying. So yeah, I think it's a really good question how it translates
0: into the digital world. <coughs> yeah, and I think I'll, I'll jump ahead to that now. Um, but I just mm. I wanted to give some I can't, I can't do it justice on here. We just won't have enough time. But I didn't, <laughs> I didn't want you to think that it it was left out because i think people should come back and read it which is around your, yeah okay the citizen-centric approach and uh, oh
1: yeah i mean um, yeah that's that's a whole like the it, whole, whole thing whole in it itself, itself. <laughs>
0: yeah so anyone yeah. um you know any you know uh people should come back and have a look at chapter 15 i think and,
1: and it's and do that, that it's it, um It's the public initiated participation. And yeah, for anybody that's sort of got their ears um, perking up to that is basically the concept of flipping the way we currently do community engagement totally on its head. So we actually say instead of community engagement officers desperately trying to get people involved in the stuff that the council's decided that they're gonna do or the government or the corporation, whoever, um, it's actually more a community led approach. So that community engagement person, staff member consultant is actually much more about building community to be connected and to be able to make their own decisions and to decide how much they want the government involved. So it's totally flipping on its head, but yeah, you're right, it's, we, we can't give it justice. So definitely just buy the book and read it.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it, buy the book yeah. <laughs> um, and, and wait for mine. <laughs> yeah. um, so on the online side of things, I was so pleased to see uh, chapter 19 consider digital first. Um, mm. well, um, obviously I'm completely biased, but, you know, I've, uh, gosh, you know, I, I've turned my sort of like attention to how we can do online engagement well and better and meet, make it meaningful and all those things. And so, I was really like pleased to see um, that that you're talking about the same things that that I that I feel are important. And I, I wrote something recently about um, blended engagement because um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: what what we've experienced with COVID is that before COVID, we were people were going online because. They were like almost like believers as well that we could do better online yeah. engagement. So they, you know, they, they saw the value in investing yeah. in, in a platform and having multiple engagement tools. They got it. Um, so they were yeah. like they wanted to do it. And then and then we had more and more people who were like after you know because because the way we had to do our jobs changed so dramatically in an instant. Mm. We had many more people who were like who who who, who were just forced to do it. And, absolutely and, yeah and that's and so they were forced to do all of their engagement online and then as we as we yeah. begin to reopen or, or lockdown then reopen then lockdown whatever it's going to be um we're going to do more face to face and and i just want I, and i was just kind of like I, I, it's really important that people get that the head around the value of, of all of them together and i was really pleased that that's what you wrote about yeah the,
1: definitely the,
0: the importance of that blended approach so i did like seven ingredients of blended engagement so you know no, that's I, um, good
1: and and Digital first. I remember that was um, my colleague here in Adelaide, Andrew Coulson. And he sort of flinched at that, and, and I, and I, you know, to clarify, I'm not meaning we do the online stuff first and then we do the face-to-face but that we do everything up front we we don't just think about online engagement as some kind of add-on once we've planned our engagement process we need to think about it first up first with the face-to-face with so i you said you've got seven my my if i were to write a blog post it would be the three things because for me it's the kind of traditional like paper-based written so your flyers, your letters, maybe your surveys, postcards, that kind of thing that, you know, gives people that, or written submissions even. Um, You have your face-to-face, so your meetings, your workshops, your focus groups, whatever they might be. And then you have your online. And I would see probably, I mean, yeah, 100% of the work I do with clients will have that, I call it like a hybrid approach with those three, it's like another triangle. Um, the three elements so digital first from the outset not just to kind of right we're doing a workshop in the community oh we better do a survey online you know that that's the thought stuff is not good we we've got we're so much more sophisticated than that now that we can be thinking about it up front so yeah I hope we don't all slip back um like you say, we saw that massive flip during twenty twenty. Yeah, I, I just found it amazing. I could suddenly just clients wanted to engage online. I was like, I've been on at you for the last decade to do this, and then you know, in the space of one hour, they're they're all online. Um, so I hope we don't just sort of slip back into the pre COVID normal of just thinking about face to face or written submissions, and that we actually keep online upfront from the outset.
0: It was a really interesting piece of research. Which I haven't read properly um, about the mm. uh, UK Climate Assembly. Um, they did an mm. evaluation of it, and the, the independent evaluators found that the online uh, debate was of better quality than the face to face. Now, I'm not Isn't saying that that's
1: amazing. The,
0: I'm not saying that's always going to be the case. No, I would never say that. But um, and obviously, I latched, I latched onto it straight away. But it, it was just interesting to see that you know there'll be a counter. There'll be another evaluation which says the opposite as well um sooner or later yeah but it's, it's, it's just but it's good, good to, good to know that, isn't it? it
1: yeah yeah and it's good to know that online do you know if that was a, like a like a typed discussion forum or a zoom type call Don't
0: if, know. you know because um
1: i mean i've yeah i've found i haven't done any writing up of it or evaluation of it but i found the productivity Via online is ridiculously high compared to a group of people in a room. There's yeah. something about it that everybody's just so focused, and and you can collect sort of stuff instantly. I've been using things like Mentimeter, and you know, or the Zoom has now got all these extra things that you can add to it. That you can get so much from people in the space yeah. of a call. It's brilliant. So yeah, I, I reckon. Yeah, there's, there's definitely value in it. Mm. We know that.
0: <laughs> I, I love the way you just say this because it needed to be said. It's just. Um, if you're seeking the best online tool for gathering quality contributions as part of problem solving or decision making process do not rely do not rely on social media that's it you just said it it's true no argument come on everyone it's (laughs) oh I'm
1: glad you like that yeah because well yes and and I've seen I I talk about um Matt and Crispin who obviously and I founded Bang the Table back in the day whatever year that was and You know, they they were quite flattered that they had this sort of chapter and their photos in it. And, you know, I was a big part of that story in the early days. And I, I remember having these really detailed conversations even back then about the risks associated with social media, let alone just the functionality of it that you can't download all the stuff at the end and you don't own that content and that yeah what if Facebook just disappeared oh yeah there's just too many risks so I'm glad that you like that I've just said that yeah I mean it has its role doesn't it but but not for your in-depth quality conversations and the research is starting to show that as well it's not just us saying it right. there's actual I, I used now. to I used to
0: go around training people on how on how great social media was going to be for <laughs> you know, for, 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 for public engagement because um, yeah, it, it was going to give us a view on um, people's views and opinions and thoughts for free, and then. And I, I to- mean,
1: it still does. It still does to a point, doesn't it? Yeah. But I, I certainly wouldn't. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't place it as, with a high emphasis in my engagement yeah. strategy. That's for sure. But it would have a role. And definitely, I think definitely with the sentiment stuff, I just saw a local council on Facebook, not my council, but another one today posted something about something and it had 200 comments already and there was angry faces. And I just thought, oh, I'll just have a look at what that's about. And it was some land use, some developer wanting to do something. And I thought, well, that's interesting. Yeah, we can see straight away that's a contentious issue. But are you really getting the best out of people by just having that kind of ramped space? Um, We know you're not, (laughs) yeah
0: um i'm going to say a few things really quickly um build it and they will come when it comes to online consultation but no they won't Uh, so thank you for picking up on that um you've got to advertise it publicize it do your digital stakeholder mapping do your digital outreach got to do all those things
1: exactly the Um, same as if you set up a community hall to have a meeting you wouldn't just set it up would you and then expect people to come so it's exactly the same online yep (laughs)
0: <laughs> and then and then really jumping back to what crispin um bang the table founder friend of yours and mine um yeah emotive and concrete um, mm. you know if people you know if you say oh, it's online and people didn't participate well it wasn't emotive and it wasn't concrete so mm. um, i'll just say that because of time
1: yeah uh, and that and that 99-1 rule as well just as a measure and how we're able to measure and things. yeah absolutely no you're right we won't go into it because we'll do no. a whole another podcast
0: um <laughs> But one thing that you do call, uh, mention, which um, you've already said, but that purpose-built space—I, um, I, I—this I, I, so, isn't about me, but this will help other people uh, think. Yeah. Was I? I, I yep. We had the House of Lords did an inquiry into the impacts of technology on on democracy. Uh, and, mm. um, and and I, I we put a submission in as bang the table and one of the things we I, we said um and not just for a business reason but because we believe it is is the value of purpose built spaces for public participation and that almost mm. there should be like almost i i mean this was me i think i've i got it in there it was almost like a legal duty to provide that safe place because yeah because we've lost that the public sphere has been undermined by technology to a large extent and so it's absolutely it's, 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 it's I, I just you know it's we should do that so um
1: I mean that's the whole thing with the social media side of things as well that you're going in under your personal profile you know with maybe pictures of your kids and 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 I just find that it's comparable to the story in the book about standing up in front of my own community and talking about something that I'm passionate about is so much more nerve-wracking than it is to facilitate a you know a meeting through work um, and so you're, you're kind of if you haven't got that safe space yeah, you're putting people in a really vulnerable position. Um, it's quite scary. Yeah.
0: Cool. And then I condense some of your writing into four tips for online participation. Uh, number, Love it. One, number one, we need to offer lots of different approaches to engage. Definitely. yeah um, Number two, I really like this. We mustn't forget our values just because we're online. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, and, and this goes back to the not another survey thing because um, I, I, you just oh, time and time again, most beautiful looking website you've ever seen. Yep. Yeah. Goes on and on about the value of um, people being involved, how much you want them to influence things. um no, no you know, we're not going to make any decisions without your participation. Looks fantastic and then there's like fill out the survey <laughs> yeah. or even worse now i do and this Go is still happening this is still happening send us an email
1: oh i know i know i mean i'm okay with that being in there if there's other ways because i always say well some people like to do the email or the written submission. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. you know an actual yeah. letter because it feels really full but not as the only not as the be all and end all yeah. no way or Ray from Bang the Table has been saying um he said something the other day because I have a big go about the, t- the term have your say in the book That I hate it and again I won't go into the details now but I hate it and Ray was saying something about you know how people use join the conversation which I like I prefer uh, get involved join the conversation but then it's a the survey <laughs> that's not a conversation no, it's, it's a survey no. yeah
0: that's a massive thing for anyone listening.
1: For anybody that has got children or anybody in your household under the age of 18, just look at how they use technology and, yeah, think about it in compared, comparison to where we're at as a sector, and it's very far removed. And I don't have the answers necessarily, but I think we need to start thinking about it. Yeah.
0: And finally, the, the <gasps> go-back-to-the-future Um And this, the floor's all yours, um, because I think this actually is the thing, the thing. (laughs) Influence. It's what what we let go by, because, you know, we all end up having to, but maybe it didn't happen. Well,
1: yeah, I mean, my main main motivation for that chapter was, you know, a, a chapter at the end of the book, looking forward. And I, and I thought people are gonna think that this is gonna be about technology or about augmented reality or how, you know, can, we, can robots replace community engagement practitioners? Cause we're looking to the future, but I'm actually saying, no, we pause, emergency break. We actually need to look back. We need to take the steps back to taking things back to the simplicity of conversation, listening, empathy, compassion, understanding, all of those things. We are so well equipped now with all the right tools and techniques and we know how to write principles and values and we can get we can do all of that stuff we're even going to get really good at evaluating but we need to take it back to the future as far as we need to just listen and learn the art of listening again and and make really good considered decisions based on really good conversations and good insights and storytelling and all of those things so yeah I'm saying we're we're at a good place but we rather than keep progressing really fast as we have been doing with all the fancy tools and techniques just just pause for a moment and think about the basics again i guess yeah and and the very last bit is my dream that i talk about where i dream of, of yeah real influence and leaders that listen and again empathy and understanding yeah for the love of community engagement
0: <laughs> yes exclamation
1: <laughs> exclamation mark i don't think there is an exclamation mark i think it's a full stop it's very serious Nice. Yeah, I'm so glad you enjoyed the book, though. I can tell you've got so much out of it, and and hopefully inspiration for yours as well. By the sounds of it, I'm looking for the. I'm looking forward to the sort of counter book that's going to come back from the UK. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I Don't know. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs>
0: That was fantastic. Thank you so much. Yeah, brilliant. I think there's so much for people to take away from that and uh, lots of things for us all to think about. And um, I'm going to start my evidence folder. And that's one thing I can do immediately. Uh, We normally just end our podcast by saying thank you and until the next time.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been brilliant.
0: Thank you for tuning in to the UK Consult. Join us for future conversations each week as we continue to explore the tremendous, meaningful and ever-evolving world of digital consultation and community engagement. You can view additional educational resources at bangthetable.com.